Well, welcome back to Fuse, guys. If you don't know who I am, my name's Eli. I'm the next-gen associate here. It's awesome to be here. I get to spend Wednesday nights with you guys, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, but we just kicked off a new series last week called Seeking Faith. And this series, I will tell you guys, is one of my favorite series I've gotten to even just look at. Just because we get to dive into the questions of who do we say that Jesus is that was already on the screen. But I'm going to reintroduce what we talked about last week to you guys so we can make sure we're all on the same page. Sounds good? Yes, love it. So last week, we dove into who do I say that Jesus is and a question that comes from this book called Mere Christianity. Everybody say Mere Christianity. Y'all have zero energy. That was lame. I'm going to... All right, thanks, Hudson. That was helpful. All right, well, we dove into this book, Mere Christianity. We found a question of, was Jesus a liar, lunatic, or Lord? And we asked that question, and last week we dove into, what if Jesus was a liar? Was Jesus a liar? And, of course, we came to the conclusion that he wasn't. And middle school boys, do me a favor and do not talk while I talk. It's lame. It's not cool. Thank you, guys. So we dove into those questions, and we got to have fun with it. We got to study what C.S. Lewis says. We got to study what the Word says. But we found our questions from a reliable book and from the Bible. So if you will, we're going to start the way we started last week in Matthew 16, 13 through 16. So if you will, open your Bibles or look at the screen. Um, the question says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do you say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So we get that question, the who do we say that Jesus is? Who do I say that Jesus is? And we find that question and we're asking that tonight. We're going to be asking that next week when Mark gets to teach. We're going to be asking that nonstop because the question only relies on you. My answer does not change your answer. Your answer is your own answer. So before we keep on going, I want to let you all know a little bit about myself by telling you guys what my favorite age range in the world is. Like who my favorite people are and how old they usually are. They're all toddlers. All teenagers are the worst. Toddlers are my favorite age ever because they're so funny. They have the funniest phrases and they always ask questions, even if they're annoying, even if they're the annoying questions. But I have a little cousin named Billy. He is a savage among savages. Like this guy, he knows how to karate chop and he'll just walk up to a tree and be like, and obviously his hand will get hurt, but it is hilarious to watch. I love watching it. Like he, he genuinely thinks he's beating up trees, but Really, nothing happens to the tree. He just does it. Um, but Billy is one of my favorite guys. He's cute. He's amazing. He's turning four on Sunday. I'm so excited to go spend it with him and make dinosaur noises because he's obsessed with dinosaurs. But one of the coolest things about Billy and one of the biggest things I love about him is how much he asks the question, why? It gets annoying, I will tell you. Very annoying when he asks why for the absurd things. Like, we play Pictionary as a family. And there are around like 15, 16 people sitting around the table playing Pictionary at once. It gets wild. But my cousin Billy is always my partner. And he's like, why did you draw a zebra for a tiger? And obviously, I drew a tiger. It wasn't a zebra. He just was being a trash talker. But he always asks why in every situation. And what I'm going to be praying for you guys while I talk is 
that you ask why for what we're talking about tonight. Because here's the really important thing. This question, who do you say that Jesus is? Why is it important? Because it's your relationship with him. So we had that question of, was Jesus a liar, lunatic, or Lord? And we dove into liar last week. This week, we get the pleasure to ask, what if Jesus was a lunatic? Oh my goodness gracious, was Jesus a lunatic? And what I mean by lunatic is, was that man just crazy? Was he just walking around like, son of God, right here, and like not doing anything correct? You know what I mean? Does anybody know any crazy people? Yeah, I know a lot of y'all, because when y'all have caffeine in your system, y'all are all crazy people. But we're diving into that question, so if you will, listen up. We're going to get straight into John 8, that's where we were last week, and we're going to continue where we left off at, okay? So we're going to be in verses 48 through 59. It's a lot of verses, but it's all really important, and I want to catch y'all up, because we just skipped a good 20 verses to get to where we are, Okay? So what happened prior was Jesus was talking to these Pharisees, to these Jews, to these skeptics of who Jesus said he was, and they were all just throwing trash. They were were jabbing left and right at him, asking him, who are you really? They were saying all these terrible things to Jesus, including claiming that his mother just is a liar, which is crazy. But you see that they even said Mary was was sexually immoral. She wasn't actually a virgin when she gave birth to you. They did all these things. They threw jabs at his mom. They threw jabs at God saying that this isn't really what the word says and all those different things. And we catch up to where we are right now of Jesus saying, no, I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. And that's where we're going to start off. So in chapter 8, verse 48, that's where we're going to be. And it says, the Jews responded to him, aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? I'm going to pause already because that's already wild, okay? So these guys, they're straight up talking to Jesus and looking him in the eyes and saying, aren't we right to say that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Do y'all understand what they're trying to say? That's two insults in one, and it's crazy. Number one, they're referring to him as a demon like they're just pretty much calling him crazy. They're like, aren't we right in saying that you're just crazy, that you're just wrong with what you're saying? You're out here being a lunatic to things. And them calling him a Pharisee actually is crazy because here's why. You look at prior in the word and you see that Jesus actually poured into the Samaritan woman. It was amazing. These people knew about it. But they were referring to Jesus as a Samaritan by talking about um, Mary's birth to him and also them claiming that Jesus was preaching heresy. They were saying all these things to Jesus and them saying just that could have just turned Jesus around. I can assure you, if you were standing there telling the pure truth and someone was just like throwing insults at you, you're automatically going to be like, oh, I ought to just kick you in the face right now. But you don't, right? And Jesus didn't either. So we're going to dive into what Jesus said. And it says in verse 49, I do not have a demon, Jesus answered. On the contrary, my father, oh, I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory, There is one who seeks it and judges. Truly I tell you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Verse 52. Then the Jews said, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died and so did the prophets. You say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets who died? 
Who do you claim to be? I'm going to pause there again. I love pausing, so we're going to talk about this for a second. These people know the word. These people understand that Jesus, well, they understand what the Old Testament says, okay? They understand what the Messiah was called to do. They understand who Abraham is. They understand who Moses is. They study this stuff, okay? They're in a temple. They are studying it. They know the word. And they're saying, they're, they're genuinely mad at Jesus for saying, I am from God, and you're not going to see death if you follow my word. But all these people who they base their lives off of died, right? Abraham died. Isaac died. All these different people, they died. And these guys are upset because they're like, you're saying you're greater than these guys who we base our lives off of? You're crazy. So they ask, who do you claim to be? And in verse 54, Jesus says, I glorify myself. My glory is nothing. My father, about whom you say he is our God, He is the one who glorifies me. You do not know him, but I know him. If I were to say, I don't know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews replied, aren't you 50 years old yet? And you've seen, I mean, you aren't 50 years old yet, and you've seen Abraham. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. So these guys, they're, they're just straight up saying, you're young. There's no way you even know who G- Abraham is. He didn't know who you were. This is wild that you're even claiming it. And Jesus turns around and says something insane that I love. And we could take that verse off for a little bit. Sorry about that, Kyle. But he responds and he says, truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. Something that's so amazing from that is not only is Jesus answering this very clearly, like he was saying, I was there before Abraham. He was saying this to the people who knew the word. He was saying to this people, to this people that understood what he was meaning towards. You see, in Exodus 3, I love this little comparison. In Exodus 3, you see Moses is out here talking to God, saying, how do I free your people, God? What do I say to the Pharaoh? What do I do? And God responds in an amazing way. So I'm going to read that real quick, and then we're just going to tie it in, and I'm super excited. So it says, then Moses asked God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they asked me, what is your, his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is how I am to be remembered in every generation. So Jesus not only said, I was there before Abraham, he said right here a verse proclaiming that he is the son of God, that he is God. So these mad, these people are mad. They're upset. They're going after Jesus. And he turns around and says, I was there before Abraham. Abraham knew I was coming. He was happy that I was coming. He was glad to see it. You see in the word, you could actually see in John 1.1, 1, 1, he was there in the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus was there, and he knew his word. People proclaimed him to be a wise man, and people also called him crazy. They would say that he didn't know who he was. But if he was truly a wise man, how would he not know 
who he was. So one of my favorite things about Jesus in this scenario is all he did was reply with truth to the hard questions. And that's my question for you guys. Are y'all trying to reply to the hard questions of who do you say that Jesus is with the word or with, with other things that's not necessarily the truth? So recently, I'll be honest with you guys, I have gotten into gardening. Not even a joke. I have fallen in love with it. Okay? I won't say I've kept more than two plants alive out of the six I had, but I've gotten so into it, and I love it so much, and I kind of need some help from somebody real quick. So I'm actually going to ask Avery because I only, come on up, Avery. Honestly, you're not going to get made fun of or anything. I actually need your help, okay? So what I have right here, Avery, are you familiar with plants? Yes, that makes me so happy. All right, we're going to pretend this table's not going to fall. Okay, so what I have right here, I'll stand behind it with you. We're going to act like we're doing like a cooking show, okay? So what I have right here are gardening gloves. Everybody say gardening gloves. gloves. What are gardening gloves for? Wow, this is going to be really good if you all know what gardening gloves are for. And then we have a pot. Everybody say pot. Pot. Yes, this is an amazing thing that we are going to be able to put the flower in. Up next, we have a lot of soil. Everybody say soil. Soil. Yes, y'all are so good at speaking. And then up next, we have sweet petunia flowers. Everybody say petunia flowers. Amazing. All right, now no more talking. I don't need you to repeat me anymore. All I'm going to ask you to do, Avery, is you have the material. Oh, and we have water so you can water the plant, okay? So all I'm going to ask you to do is plant this flower with the gloves, okay? But the gloves are made for planting, for gardening this, right? So do not touch the gloves. Let them do their own job. The label of the gloves is to garden, right? Let them do the job. You can, you, can, like, you can encourage it if you want. You can tell it, hey, make the plant happen. Like, make this work. Are you going to hype it up? Or are you just going to? No, let the glove do their job. Seriously. Huh? You're going to let it do its job? But it's not doing it. But it says its purpose is to do that, right? All right, go ahead and put on your gloves. And make the plant for me. Make it look pretty, okay? And while she's doing that, I need you guys to listen to what I say, okay? You can watch this. She's probably going to do good at it. But the same way is as Jesus. And this is going to be a fun little comparison, so listen up. Jesus is just like these gloves. If he was a lunatic, if he was just a man, he wouldn't have been able to do what he did on this earth. He wouldn't have been able to perform miracles. You could take the flower out of the pot if you want. Okay. But... You're right. That's my bad. That's my bad. But he wouldn't have been able to perform all the miracles he did. He wouldn't have been able to feed the 5,000. He wouldn't have been able to calm the sea. He wouldn't have been able to um, heal the blind or let the man walk. He wouldn't have even been able to die on the cross for our sins. If he was a lunatic, if he was a liar, he wouldn't have been able to fulfill his purpose that he said he had. But you see, God sent Jesus, and we see even in verse 40, I'm 54, Jesus responding to what the Pharisees say, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. My Father, about whom I say, he is our God. He is the one 
who glorifies me. Jesus does everything through God because God sent him with a purpose and God gave him the power to do so. Thank you, Avery. This is amazing. We're going to, everybody give Avery a round of applause. That looks great. We're going to count that. You can water it too. Make sure it can breathe. Um, I don't know why y'all are trash talking. All right, Avery. I think you're good, Avery. You're good. Yeah, you're, you're overachieving now, okay? I'm just going to let her do her thing real quick. All right, everybody, we're going to be completely silent while Avery waters this plant. Well, she can finish it. Oh, it's spilt. All right, Avery. Thank you so much. You can go back to your seat. Everybody tell Avery, great job. And I, I, I want those gloves back. Yeah. All right, Avery, good job. Thank you so much. But I know that was a silly comparison, but I want you all to hear it correctly. So listen up. Hey, middle schoolers, come on. The reason I did this is because in our lives, if we truly believe that Jesus wasn't Lord, he'd, just, he'd be just like this glove that can't do anything that he was called to do. But what's amazing is instead, he was able to do what he was called to do. He was able to do what he knew his purpose was before time even came. We're going to ask the question again, who do you say that Jesus is? Because that question matters so much in this scenario. It's fun to prove that he's not a lunatic. It's fun to prove that he's not a liar. But if you can't prove that he is Lord, then you don't know who he is. If he is truly your Lord, you should walk in knowing that he is your Lord. I got to listen to Malcolm teach last night, which was amazing, at this young adult ministry thing. And he used this amazing comparison to what it's like to walk in faith. And Malcolm said, it's like you're in a car of life, and this car is what makes your decisions. It's what happens, and you choose to let Jesus take the steering wheel, and you get in the back seat. That's what faith really looks like. That's what it looks like to truly proclaim Jesus as your Lord. But sometimes we want to take that driver's seat, right? Sometimes we want to respond and say, I want to do this. But that is not proclaiming Jesus as your Lord. If he is your Lord, you will have full 100% faith in him. I talked about this last week, but is it even hitting you? Are you showing it in your life that he is your Lord? It's not my choice that he's your Lord. It's my choice that he's my Lord. I can respond and say, just like in Matthew 16, that he is Messiah, the son of the living God, my Messiah the son of the living God. But I can't say that for y'all. It's your own thing. That's why we call it seeking faith again. You see, C.S. Lewis, in the, in the quote that we got the question, he says this, either this man was and is the son of God or else he's a madman or something worse. You could shut him up for a fool. You could spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you could fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. You see, the simple question of who do you say that Jesus is, you should have the answer to. And if you don't, you need to find it. Because your salvation, your eternity depends on it. It's not your parents' faith. It's not your teacher's faith. It's not your leader's faith. It's not your coach's faith. Whatever 
It is, it's not their faith, it's your faith. What, who do you say that Jesus is? I want you guys to finish the way we started, just like we did last week. I'm going to read Matthew 16. We're going to hear the answer to the question again. But right after I'm done, I want you to start praying right now for yourself. There you're able to seek that question of who do you say that Jesus is? Because sometimes we get so distracted by our neighbors that we choose to talk to them instead of listening. Sometimes we get so distracted by the things around us that we choose to focus on that rather than the person who we call Lord. I know sometimes it feels like I'm coming down on you, but it's so true, and y'all need to recognize it at this age because the minute you go to college, you're going to turn around and be faced with the decision, do I go drink, do I go have sex, do I go do all these things, or do I pursue this guy who's named Jesus who I proclaim as my Messiah? You're not going to be forced to go to church when you go to college. Your parents aren't going to drive you there. It's going to be your choice to do it. Are you going to do it? It's as simple as that. So I'm going to read this first. I'm going to ask you guys to pray for a second. Verse 15. But you, he asked them as in Jesus, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Y'all go ahead and pray for a second for me. God, I pray that we recognize your power. Um, In this room, sometimes we choose to set you aside and put you on the bench of life. But God, instead I pray that Our students recognize that if we truly believe, if we truly want to follow you, we'd show you to the world around us. God, it's like us saying that we could walk up to the sea and tell it to calm down. We can't. We have no such power. But instead, we know that you do. We know that you have the power to die on the cross and forgive us for all our sins. We know that you have the power to heal. We know that you have the power to save. We know that you care. We know that you want us. But God, I pray that our students start wanting you more. God, it's not an obligation to follow you, but it is a darn privilege to follow you. And I pray that our students choose to chase and pursue who you are and what their faith is, and they ask the question to themselves, who do I say that Jesus is? God, thank you for loving us and thank you for being here. In your heavenly name we pray.